Welcome to the game. It's a beautiful thing. With Mark Duffield. The son of a darkened shearer and a self-described ball-playing jack of all trades. We shouldn't be surprised, should we? Who lit up footy fields in the southwest before becoming WA's preeminent AFL scribe. My goodness! And Glenn Quarterman. Wow! A proud Victorian parked permanently in the West who would have played 300 AFL games if not for his incredibly small hands. Goodness gracious me! Together they are Duff Duff and Quarters. You know who? And this is your favourite footy podcast. It's unbelievable! Yes, hello. It's Tuesday and so it is time for the first edition this week of the Duff and quarters podcast we are brought to you by tab touch those with the touch you can better your bet by downloading the tab touch app today please gamble responsibly please call gamblers help on 1800 858 858 if you encounter any difficulties glenn quartermain the man with very small hands with me in the studio how are you going quarters and what what jumped off the page at you over the weekend hi duff how are you i reckon it was the best and worst of footy this weekend we saw some amazing games of footy um, some amazing results. You know, Toby Green kicks seven, they don't win. And we saw the worst of footy, you know, some injuries that we don't like to see. Will Powell, you know, I, I come out of that weekend think, just feeling so sorry for Will Powell and all his teammates and the Gold Coast for the, for the remainder of this year. Um, interestingly, he's um, social this morning, um, registered a post on social media saying, thanks for all the support, I'm okay, bit of a thumbs up pick, so... Good on him, but uh, quite an horrific injury. Um, it was hard to look at, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I looked away. It was one of those look away now Yeah. sort of injuries. Actually, Cody Waitman's wasn't great either, but he showed a fair bit of pluck by getting back out there in yeah. the, the Scorefest um, Bulldogs versus GWS. Yeah, so I think there were some great results, some really interesting results. St Kilda might have dropped the World Cup. Um, they got a tough run home, losing to Essendon. Well, I don't think Brett Ratner would be too happy. Hasn't everybody, though? Hasn't everyone got a... Like, this got is one gonna, of those? Well, I just think the competition's very even. Mm. Um, I think most teams are good enough to beat or challenge most teams. And um, We got a great email later about that. I won't cough it up yet, but it's really interesting, the fixtures this weekend. Hey, I've got a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... Jordan Dugowie should be on West Coast Radar. You know why? Why? Welcome to the Motel Mexicola. <laughs> he, Great Eagle song. Very Hotel nice. Hotel California. Nice, mate. Yes. Previous uh, life. That's where singer. He, that's Front. where he was. Well, when I was very young, before mm-hmm. my voice broke. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I could sing a bit after my voice broke, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where he was in Pali. Um, well. You know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's sort of talking about how should football punish Jordan to go, he's about to be punished. He's going to lose $2 million because what was going to be five times eight is now going to be three times seven. Yep. So that's about 1.9 well, mil. The talk that Collingwood had a four year deal, 3.2 mil on the table, has now been removed. Yeah. Uh, we'll, be, we'll face the Magpies today for a discussion. Has he broken the law? No, but he's broken the laws of stupidity. I mean, I don't know. Really interesting. Someone um, said the other day look at all the coaches' votes this week. Who's got the 10 votes? So you look at players like, not this weekend, but you look at Andy Brayshaw, you look at these players and you ask the question, would they have gone to Bali during their bye break? And the answer is universally, of course they wouldn't have. But Jordan does. Yeah, I don't even, whether it's stupid, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whatever, every club is now looking at Jordan to go in going, this guy, 
was high risk before and the risk factor's just gone up. So therefore, our ability to invest in this guy has diminished. And so the bids will come. Jordan Degoe will be playing AFL footy next year. Don't worry about that. Bre- no, no question about that. Possibly, maybe even probably still at Collingwood. But every club will now revise what it is prepared to risk on Jordan Degoe. And the well, he's done them a favour. The revision not cost as much. Yeah, the revision will be downwards. St Kilda or North, they're the two who were up to their eyeballs in him um, before this. No reason to think. Well, St Kilda seems to have emerged as the most likely if he's not at Collingwood next year. Um, My but- strong suggestion would be if you're the Saints and you can pull it off um, and you can somehow keep him on the straight and narrow and you think that he's the difference between contending for a flag and not contending for a flag, Roll the dice, have a crack. Just be prepared to cop the flak if it doesn't work out. North Melbourne, under no circumstances, go anywhere near Jordan Degoe. You can afford him. You might think we need the big name. But if Jordan Degoe blows up in North Melbourne's face, that's that's almost the club. North needs to do what Fremantle did a few years ago when they got burnt by a few blokes who were a bit marginal off the field, and that is pick strong characters, pick well-behaved characters, Pick characters that will not only be good footballers, but will go the whole nine yards to try and be the best possible footballers and the best possible club members they can be. For all the apologists for Jordan Dugowie, and and I didn't like how he flipped it on the media, and I don't think that helped his cause at all. Collingwood were not impressed by that. They weren't expecting or anticipating that message to be released. They weren't happy. But this is a bloke who is a serial offender. You go back to... There's DUIs, there's a 2017 incident when he lied to the club, and it wasn't even a good lie. It was, I broke my hand on a soft, my dog's soft toy, and he had a bar, brawl in a bar. And even then they tried to apologise for him, oh, he was picked on, etc., etc. Well, I'm sure a bit of that goes on, but you keep putting yourself in this situation. And he could have put, it could have been worse in Bali. A lot of Aussies up there, Duff, who know who he is. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other thing too, clearly the incident with the girl on the bar, she's a friend, obviously someone she knows, so she wasn't offended by him no. grab, grabbing at a top, trying trying to expose her. But you're putting her yourself into a position. Well, there'll be people will have views on that. What, what about the person standing next to them that was offended by it? Mm. So it's just, and it's also, it's just in your buy. You go, you're up and about, you're in good form yourself, the club's up and about, and you do this. I don't think they'd be too happy. Yesterday or this morning, Jack Ginnivan, Isaac Quainer. Why is the this always? TikTok. Why is this always Collingwood? I don't think it's always Collingwood. It's Collingwood a fair bit of the time. Yeah. Like when it comes to incidents off the field that involve slightly off the rails behaviour, Collingwood punches above its weight. Yeah. in the AFL, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's got a good record. It's so, solid. So they they've released the Do Better report. I suggest they enact the Do Better report. Jack Ginnivan, seriously, we've had a couple of discussions about Jack Ginnivan. Jack Ginnivan's headed for a big fall. He really is. You know, showing the ball. Um, I know you'd like him to be transported back to the 70s or 80s. Just one game. He has to play one game in the 1980s. And then after he's got over the concussion Mm -hmm. from that game, bring him back and see if he has a different view. Yeah, it'd be a few weeks. (laughs) Um. Because, look, think, think of how his teammates feel about this. Every time Jack Ginnivan becomes the, the moth drawn to the light of a fiery event or a, a reaction from other 
um, opposition players. Taylor Adams has to run to his defence because he's a skinny little bloke. Braden Maynard has to run to his defence. Every robust Collingwood player has to get in there and fly the flag for Jack. And you arrive at training and the media presence has tripled. But not only that, then the AFL hands out Mallee fines. They don't say, oh, this was Jack Ginevan and, you know, three Richmond players. No. Taylor Adams gets a fine. Braden Maynard gets a fine. Jack Ginevan might get a fine. You know, all this stuff, this adds up on teammates. After you've been involved in three Mallees that are all because of Jack and you've cost yourself nine or $10,000 by being involved, it starts to wear a bit thin. So he's got a wake-up call coming, but he's still only young. Jordan Ngoi doesn't have that excuse. How smart, how smart and how experienced do you have to be to know that running around being a smart-ass on the field means that they'll come for you, and when they come for you because you're a skinny little kid, your teammates have got to come to defend you, and that that becomes dangerous for them. How smart do you have to be to figure that out? Mm. I'm not sure if Damien Hardwick saw one of his players do something on the weekend. Shy Bolton. Shy Bolton. Didn't like it. Waves the ball. Straight away, Damien Hardwick. wasn't it? Yeah, so Damien Hardwick says straight away, that's not us. We don't yeah. like that. Um, he made it clear. He, he said, I probably won't have to speak to Shy about it. But by him speaking out publicly, he's already spoken to Shy. He sent the message. No, no, no. We don't do that. Mm. I, I, it's never a great look, is it? Yeah, and, and Wing, Chad Wingard did it at Hawthorne about four weeks ago. Lost the game. Yep. So Shy's lucky they didn't lose that game. They were they were within a fingernail of possibly losing that game. A fingernail. There's some dancing. Well, dancing fingers. One, another scoreboard review that leaves you puzzled sometimes. Yeah. Was it conclusive for you? Nope. Inconclusive. So, so it should have been shouldn't have been overruled. No. It? No. No. I do love the jazz fingers, though. That's oh, do you reckon they practice that? Oh, probably, yeah. They probably I'm do. I'm sure they, they practice everything, don't they? Yeah. Except goal kicking. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing they don't practice, which strangely is the most important skill, I would have thought. <laughs> uh, look, we do. We mentioned it earlier, and we should uh, send our regards out to Will Powell. Um, extraordinary, um, extraordinarily popular at his club. I'm told they're all devastated for their mate um, and a very gifted footballer and has had a fantastic year this year. We just hope that um, it is a pretty horrific injury and, you know, we just wish him all the uh, best, send all our strength. We want him back on the footy field next year. Yep, I agree. And it was a a horrendous injury, a horrendous look. Um, I had to look away, I have have to be honest. I was actually talking to someone from work on the phone when it happened. I was watching the game at home doing my uh, writing and saw it, and I, I just made some awful noise when I saw it. You and sort of feel a bit for Ned McHenry too, don't you? Who was, it was no fault of his. It was a pretty innocuous accident, and the Crows player was following it. Just, it just. I used to be a bit lightheaded when I dislocated my finger, which I did pretty often. You know, when you get that one finger that keeps popping out. And it goes into I, an N yeah, or, I hated or a it. W. hated or, it. Yeah. That was just a finger. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what would go through my head if it was my ankle popping out at right angles. A couple of small forwards that showed a bit of ticker on the weekend. Corey. Oh, yeah. So Cody Waitman kicks five. And had it been time. under a bit of pressure too, so good good on him. Dislocates his elbow. That incidentally yeah. wasn't pretty either. No. Um, and came back on the field and competed and tackled and so well he done. Did. Well done to him. Would have been uh, not feeling the pain at that moment, I would suggest, but feeling it later on. You know the other one I'm going to um, give a bit of a bouquet to Isaac Rankine from Gold Coast. 
I've got to be honest. A month ago, I thought Isaac Rankine should be going on the trade table at the end of the year. He looked like he wasn't completely invested in what they were trying to do. He looked like it was a bit too much about him uh, and not enough about the team um, and wasn't playing good footy. I thought he, he and Ben Ainsworth were absolutely terrific on the weekend for the Suns. They were. Um, Does it just show you they're heading in the right direction? I've been hypercritical of Gold Coast for a few years now, and I, I don't apologise for that because they have been treading water or going backwards, but they have improved, and I think this is suggestive of where they're going now and where they're at as a group. Yep. In terms of, we've seen King sign on for two years. Lacosius, if he hasn't signed, he's talking about it. Um, Rankine, ditto. So, these players that not so long ago we were worried about them being joining that mass exodus at Gold Coast, who look like they're going to stay around for a while. Can they make the finals this year? Yeah, they can. It's it's that tight from eighth down. It's that tight from one down, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But they can. They just need to, you know, keep the foot on the accelerator. And Will Powell won't help a very important player to them. But of course they can. Yeah, and Will Powell is a loss. He's a very, very good player. Will Powell. They and, might replace St Kilda. And well done to calling uh, to Gold Coast, by the way, because when. They took Will Powell. There were eyebrows raised. He wasn't a State 18s player. He was a skinny kid who wasn't getting high stats numbers in the Claremont Colts because he was just too skinny. Um, But he had great skills, great awareness, and their recruiters saw traits in him that they knew were going to make him a very good AFL player. And he has become a very good AFL player. And fingers crossed and touch wood for him that he's back on the park. Prescient pick by um, their... WA recruiting scout over here, Rod Willett, the former Subiaco captain. Spinner. Spinner Willett was... Good friend of the show, Spinner. Good friend of the show and was um, big on that move. And at the time, he was 40 kilos dripping wet, wasn't he? That that was a great pick because I remember people saying, you're kidding me. Mm. How could they pick him? He's um, even missing an L. He is, yes. (laughs) That's how light he was. (laughs) He needed to put another L on. Yeah, a learner's plate. (laughs) Um. Okay, uh, so St Kilda's effort against Essendon. It was pathetic. I think Battle, as the coach Brett Ratton suggested, was the only player he could pick who would possibly won his one-on-one battle. But they... Boom, boom. Really, but they, lost, they won the battle, yeah, but they yeah, lost the it war. It really looked like they... And that 10-minute period in the third quarter? Yeah. Okay, let's switch on. We can, we can beat this mob. Oh, we've done enough. That's really what it looked like to me. Look at their... They've got Sydney, Carlton, Frio coming up the next three. They've got Geelong, Brisbane and Sydney to finish the season out. It's not an easy finish to the year for St Kilda. They're, you know, they're, they're hanging on to the eight, bottom end of the eight. So that might be the game that really cost them. And they will look back on that and say, how did we lose to Essendon? Yeah. Because they're not travelling that well. I mean... It was a better performance, wasn't it? But they probably sniffed early. We're a chance here. The Saints aren't on. Yeah, I thought Essendon... Look, Essendon brought the one thing you absolutely have to bring in modern footy, and that's pressure, particularly pressure when the ball's in your attacking zone. Exactly. And Stringer was okay. Yeah, I love that. Mm. Like, called out by the coach, and then the coach got called out for calling him out. Um, but he responded in the right way. 16 disposals, six tackles, a couple of goals, really strong physical presence around the ball, and a lot flowed from that. I thought Mac Guelphy was very good as a pressure forward, and he's kind of the – with McDonald, Tip and Woody gone, Yeah, Guelphy's almost the nearest thing they've got 
to a pressure forward, and he's had to reposition himself to do that because he's really a wingman. You know, that's that's the position he's best suited to playing in the AFL. But um, but well done to him, well done to them. They're over here this week. Um, should be an interesting game. What did you make of West Coast against Geelong? Um, oh, it was a greatly improved performance. Uh, I don't know whether it was the 92 boys there. Uh, it was great to see them over the weekend too, enjoying themselves as well. Um, but, look, a couple of moves. I love Yoda half-back. I think 560-odd metres gained. A bit like his old self, and he obviously hasn't got the tank for the midfield yet, so I'd just park him back there. If he's playing well, that's where he won his All-Australian. I would pa- I would park him at half-back and leave him there for a while. I love Bazo's debut. He'll have much better games than that, but, you know, your debut on Cameron, a bit of time on Hawkins, welcome to the AFL, but did not look out of place in that back line. Um, Gov, Gov going down, and he's, incidentally, Jeremy McGovern has been released from hospital this morning, recuperating at home, uh, broken ribs, surgery. I would suggest that probably punctured the lung at some point, given that you, you don't stay in hospital for three days with broken ribs. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know that, but um, well, either that or they're so badly broken, yeah. they basically had to be. Well, they they said there was a plate inserted in his ribs, um, so therefore you know that it's not just a break; it's a significant break. Um, and it's an it was innocuous, but it seemed it. But it's a bad spot to be hit. Yeah, you and don't also, want Jeremy Cameron's solid. You know, he looks wiry, but he's a solid citizen, so... He's all bones and points. It would have hurt. Yeah, all yeah. bones and points, very well. I remember playing footy against blokes who were built like Jeremy Cameron. You didn't like running into them. Even though you felt like you could knock them over, when you ran into them, it hurt. Mm. Um, because there's, you know, they just... Everything's sharp. Their shoulders are sharp, their knees are sharp, their hips are sharp, and occasionally in country footy, their elbows were sharp too, Glenn. Glad it was Geelong's Jeremy Cameron and not Geelong's John Devine in the 60s and late 60s. You know what he used to do? Famously, 63 premiership player with Geelong, did not eat for two days before the game, just drank water because he was told it hardens your body up. So he just got him, his body as solid as he could and he delivered some nice hip and shoulders out there. John I wonder Bob. how the nutritionist felt about that. There wasn't apparently. a nutritionist in those days, Duff, you know that. <laughs> Stevie Michael used to eat two pies on the yep. um, at, at the game. He used to have an early lunch, yep. used to eat two pies with sauce. Kevin Bartlett fish and chips the night before. Every yep. single game, and that's a lot of fish and chips because he was the game's record holder at one point with more than 400. Um, I think uh, Paul Vanderhaar had a pie while driving to a game one day in his Sandman panel van, but he also had a can of cake and a half a pack of Winnie Reds. I don't think the pie was for uh, nutrition. I think it was a bit hungover. Of course, Vanders had uh, a Sandman panel van Of course as well. he did. Everyone did in those days. You know one of the best stories... About the, Don't come a-knocking if you see this van a-rocking. One of the best stories about... It was one of the Essendon flags in the mid-'80s, the 84 or 85 one. About a week later, there's a phone call, and it was from someone who lived roughly in the vicinity of Essendon, and they said, could um, you send someone over, please? We've got Paul Vanderhaar on our lounge. <laughs> and Vanderhaar had not gone home after the... Um, the grand final and finally about a week later had staggered into just walked up to a house knocked on the door can i have a kip they answered the door he walked in passed out on the lounge and they recognized him rang the club and said can you please come and get for paul van der Hayes asleep on our lounge <laughs> harmless fun <laughs> what about when he should have just slept in his sandman van what about when she'd said 
look, I'm a bit worried about Vanders. He's have, drinking too much on the eve of a game, so I'm inviting him round of mine for dinner this Friday night. Showed up with a dozen? Yeah. Doorbell rang, opened the door, he's got a slab on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> um, Port Adelaide. Interesting storylines there. Um, Marshall continues to impress. It was a good win by Port, yep. keeping themselves in the front. Connor Rosie. Connor Rosie again. Bryn Tickle. So, you know what I love about this? I hate the fact we talk about injuries. He's broken the collarbone. But the East Fremantle product gets picked up, plays his debut game, 35 minutes. And... I think we will, and I hope we do see more of him at AFL level. But well, he- Ken Hinckley was on Fox Footy last night, and he was talking like he would be at the club next year. Good. But I love the attitude. If that's the only 35 minutes I get, then I'm a lucky man. Best know? 35 minutes of my life. I like that. That's yeah. a good attitude. So. He was good, too. He was way. very good. And the opposite of good was Peter Adams. Well, Is just- that the worst two minutes you've seen a bloke oh, in AFL footy? Yeah. You know. Pick on someone your own size, too. <laughs> Ollie Wines. Um, so he throws Lockie Jones to the ground mm-hmm. when Sydney are in possession of the ball, uh, about to exit their defensive 50. It becomes a shot on goal um, for Port Adelaide from the top of the goal square. I think, um, from memory, Sam Palpepper might have taken it, kicks the goal. One goal. Ball goes back to middle. Um, Port Adelaide clear the ball. He takes... Ollie winds to ground after he's cleared the ball and gives him one in the bread basket. Uh, gets himself a week. Gets a relay free kick. Another goal. Then goes to bench. Calms down. Probably gives the coach a good listening to, I'd imagine. Well, you know, I'd love to know what was said to him. Well, what would have your mate John Devine, the hot gospel Wouldn't coach, have said anything. Wouldn't he? No, just run through him. <laughs> Particularly after he saw him punch Ollie Wines. <laughs> He was a tough man. Um, you talked about small forwards before. Toby Green. Well, we've said this before on the show, haven't we? Pound for pound, he's the toughest matchup forward to centre. The only one who probably rivals him has been Dustin Martin, and Dustin Martin probably a year ago, maybe even two years ago. He plays so tall. He plays so hard. Um, he can get you in the air, on the ground. He can get you coming up at the ball. He can get you over the back, going back. Um, he can snap them. He kicks truly with set shots. Um, he's just a great, great player and has to be the next captain, I think. Just, Toby, keep your head screwed on. Don't get into trouble on the field. Well, he's not been reported for a while. So I, I say that. What's a while? Yeah, oh, well, he hasn't been reported since he's come back. Well, that's only about a month and a half, Glenn. The concern with Toby, I think he's the most natural leader they got at the club. I think he has to be their leader if they're going to go forward. You've just got to stay out in the park. So far, touch wood, he's staying out in the park. While they didn't win, look look what he produces when he can stay out there. So just play footy, Toby. We love watching you. Yeah, he's a great player to watch. Um, He's a great player. Incidentally, what did you make of that game? The score fest, and what did you make of GWS just from the kick-ins? Just, no, nah, we're going long, down the middle. Well, I loved it. Back in the square. It's great viewing. Um, Sustainable? Well, no, but I don't think um, <laughs> I don't think Q's in the rack in terms of finals. So, so interim coach, all care, no responsibility? Well, just let's have a bit of fun. We love it, don't you? It was a great game to watch. Yeah, it was a great game to watch. I, well, it does beg the question, though. Can you successfully have a game style... Where that is the game style. Hawthorne's been doing it most of the year. Yeah, but... With a little bit more responsibility. Win-loss. What's Hawthorne's win-loss? Well, it's 4-9, the same as GWS. There you go. (laughs) 
But I think their losses have been a lot of them have been pretty close. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm not disputing, but it's been it's fun to watch. Was there too much of it to win? Let's just take all the fun out of it. It's a great game to watch. We all accept that. Um, you know, Norton kicks five, Waitman kicks five, Toby kicks seven. Forwards went up Norton too. Jeez, he played well. Yeah, and probably Sam Taylor. Sam Taylor hasn't had many hard learning experiences in the AFL because he's been such a great young player. Probably will learn a little bit from that. You don't play back shoulder on Aaron Norton. And the other thing, Norton, there's some talk of him going back at some point, but uh, I think we've now established a key forward role for him going forward. Mm. I mean, he's running patterns. He's got those down pat now. It's been a work in progress because he wasn't a forward when he arrives at the Bulldogs, but we've got ourselves one now and one of the top forwards in the comp, I think. So are you still clinging with the tips of your yes. fingernails to the Western Bulldogs yeah, I am. bandwagon? I am, yep. I think so. I mean, the upside's too good. Will they play finals? Uh, yes, I'm going to say they are. So I'm going to say the vulnerable teams right now, Sydney's a vulnerable team. Right now, St Kilda's a vulnerable team. You've got Collingwood and Western Bulldogs on the outskirts as well as Gold Coast. Port, probably not. So either of those three can come in. Richmond looks like they've got enough momentum to stay in there. Top four, I'm still not convinced. Not sure. Carlton, great. It was a good win, but I wasn't overwhelmed by it. They're, they're missing a few Carlton, particularly in the back half. So they were gettable. But I, I'm not denying Richmond their moment, but I just think at the moment, Carlton, they were gettable against I'm, I'm still trying to get myself to a point where I can commit either way on Richmond, and I'm not there yet. No, I'm not. I was very lukewarm about them at the start of the year. I'm, I'm impressed by what they're doing, but... After quarter time, I thought the Blues got um, they got jumped, didn't they? Really, and after they got jumped, they was a good comeback. They dug in and they fought hard. Now that's a Blues team with no Weedering, um, no Zach Williams, uh, Chera was missing. Mm. You know, there's, there are significant outs here for Carlton, and I just thought, um, you know, if that if that goal isn't overruled and Carlton gets back to within a kick. Um, it could have been a very different game because they took the kick in, went, yeah. went coast to coast, kicked a goal. Had was, all the momentum too. It just put a halt to it, didn't it? it yeah, it kind of sucked the air out of uh, Carlton, I thought. It did. That one. It did. They'd done enough, really. Um, so, look, I think, yes, they can. They got Hawthorne this week. I'll tell you the other team, uh, Melbourne. So, Stephen May gets rushed back this week. We'll see. It's Brisbane. We're going to see what they're made of. I'm going to read out Melbourne's finish to the year. Keeping in mind, they're equal top right now. Brisbane at the MCG. Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. Geelong at GMHBA. Port in Darwin. So I assume that's the last game of their sell, sold games. Yeah. Uh, Dogs at Marvel. Frio at Optus. Collingwood at the G. Carlton at the G. We, we assume Collingwood will still be in finals contention at that point, so they'll be scratching and clawing their way to win them. And then Brisbane at the Gabba to finish. So... Got their work cut out, Melbourne. Not saying they're not up. They're still my pick for the flag, but I want to see some improvement, and it's going to have to be pretty quick. Yeah, they're everyone's pick for the flag still, I reckon, but I reckon there's asterisks and... There's a few arched um, eyebrows about it. I think people are starting to think, well, five weeks ago it was whether they're going to lose a game, which we thought was ridiculous. Of course they were going to lose a game. They'd manufacture a loss if they couldn't because it's too much pressure going into the finals. But now it's uh, will they make top four. It's really interesting. This game can flip you around pretty quickly. Incidentally, the unpredictability of the buy when it comes to players' off-field behaviour. If you'd... uh, It's only Collingwood, isn't it? if, If you'd... If you'd well, not just Collingwood, 
Who else has mucked up? Well, Melbourne. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, was that going into the buy? It was going It was going into the buy. Okay. So, so if you put money on, um, you know, you say, okay, there's a group of Melbourne players at a Swiss French restaurant in Pran, or there's... Well, I wouldn't put money... Well, you'd put money on that happening. Or yeah. or there's Jordan Degoe at the Motel Mexicola in Bali, in mm-hmm. Seminyak. Um, two of them are going to be outside in the street brawling and... One's going to knock another person out. Yeah, it out. wouldn't be Melbourne. It wouldn't have been no. Melbourne. Apparently they were quite happy about that. <laughs> oh, it's a, they'll be fine. They're not going to a nightclub, just going to a French restaurant, no problem. They were. They, they ticked that off. We'll look uh, after them. So yeah. it just shows you <laughs> clubs are in a very difficult position when it comes to players in and around the bar. Have you been in a fight in a French restaurant, Dove? Not in a French restaurant, no. 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 I have I been. Got, oh, well, it wasn't so much a fight. I got, I got belted, knocked out at um, a snack bar in Bunbury. Okay. A bloke reckoned I'd called him... An F-wit, and I hadn't. I was reciting Ostentatious's... <laughs> oh, were you? Do you remember that Ostentatious yep. had their tape out, and the B side of the tape, the, the word F-wit yeah, yeah, was yeah. used a lot, like like almost every second word. He's in town soon. I'm going to see him again. I was reciting that, and he reckons I caught him that. I didn't, um, but it didn't save me. <laughs> there might have been an incident in Brick Lane in London involving an English rugby fan in which one of those... Uh, champagne glass waterfalls was toppled over. There might have been. I'm not saying there was. Just suggesting. <laughs> not not my finest moment. Um, Frio, Duff. Uh, tab and a 3-2 at the weekend in the waffle. Does yeah. he come back in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he comes back. Um, the interesting one is going to be who replaces Blake Akers yes. on the wing. So there's a there's there's an impressive lineup here. Mm. So they shifted Ethan Hughes to the wing on the weekend. He played well. Um, he's a big runner, big tank. Probably not dissimilar to Blake Akers. Which play, is, yeah, so you go well like, like for like. So is he head of the queue? I reckon he's in front. But the one that's a bit exciting at the moment is Liam Henry starting well, to play really good footy at waffle level. And quick. Yeah. So, I mean, they're a quick side for you, eh? Did you see the goal... He kicked on the weekend for I Peel. I didn't. I didn't. It is a genuine goal of the year contender so, so, at any level. Okay. At any level. Explain. Um, takes the ball, forward pocket, under heat, sidestep towards the boundary, two steps, gets squared, or not even squared up to the goals, gets himself at the right angle for the banana, kicks the banana off two steps, nails it. And it happens like this quarters. Yeah. That quick. Mm. Very, very good goal. Does I, he come in anyway? Uh, that's a good question. Um, okay, so you've got um, a vacancy in attack because of the um, the injury to Sammy Switzkowski. Now, you'd think Michael Frederick comes back yep. into the attack, although it wasn't misdemeanor that saw Michael Frederick miss out, whether or not they that affects his standing within the ranks. He's served his week, so. though, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I would have thought he comes back in. would have thought he's the direct swap for yep. Switzkowski. Um, I would have thought that if anything, Hughes is front. Oh, mind you, Chapman's still a week away. So maybe Hughes plays in Chapman's place this weekend. Maybe Frederick gets a go at it this weekend. Maybe. At the wing? On the wing. Okay. Yep. Maybe. Well, that, that was where it... Sorry, no, sorry. Maybe Henry gets yeah. a go. So Frederick goes back to high high forward. Yes. And, okay. Yeah. Watch this space. Watch this space. Duff, now it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. 
Yes, thank you for all your emails. Please keep them short and let us know if you're from Western Australia or not. Otherwise, you won't be able to win this prize, which is uh, Jack Daniels Old Number no. 7 Whiskey and Cola Can. That's a 10-pack. That's a fantastic prize. Thank you once again. Old Number no. 7. Old Number no. 7. Thank you once I think, again. To I think you Candle. and I are going to have to do the taste test on Old Number no. 7. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind a bit of a whiskey and cola, just as a change-up. Yeah, it's not my go-to staple, but I don't mind it as a bit of a change-up. I'm told Jack Daniel's old number seven's a good drop too. I was always a Jim Beam and Dry man when things got mm. a little uh, long at the pub. Just for a change-up, drifting into um, sort of niche bar hippie club sort of territory. Yes, and I was a Southern Comfort man in the early days, but I had one very poor night, and I'd never drunk it since. Yeah, well, funny you should say that. There's something we have in common. Mm. I, I'm the same. I think everyone's got a Southern Comfort incident. But there's nothing comfortable at my, about my incident. I remember I was drinking vodka and orange for two days straight with my mates once, and I just got so tired at the end, I said, I'm just going to roll home now. <laughs> turn into an orange and roll home. <laughs> Mate, I love this first email. This is the clubhouse leader at this point, uh, because I wasn't aware of this. This is from Troy Simmons. G'day, Duff and Quarters. Uh, I'll read this bit out because it's very nice. Thanks for the podcast. Only discovered you guys a couple of months ago and you've been my favourite podcast ever since and I listened to a few. Troy, you're definitely the clubhouse leader now. Anyway, I wanted to email you guys after looking... Just give him the jacks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, after looking at the round this week, this is this is amazing. I cannot think of a more evenly matched round where everyone has skin in the game. Whether it's testing where you sit amongst the top teams, avoiding the worst team, Monica, or pushing into the eight. It's all there. 1v2, Duff. Lions v Melbourne. 3v5, Frio and Carlton. 4 and 6, Geelong and Richmond. 7v8, Sydney and St Kilda. 9v13, Collingwood v GWS. 10v14, Dogs and Hawks. 11v12, Gold Coast v Port. 15 v 17 Crows v North and 16 v 18 Essendon v West Coast Eagles. I, th- I think it's the most must-watch must round of the year. I'm not sure if this is a punter's nightmare or a paradise. It's a really good email. Um, it's a good good weekend for the AFL. It is. A, oh, they'd be very excited about that. This is what they'd want, mm. even competition. But uh, last week was a bit of a mirror. You went all right. Did you get them all? No, I got three. Yeah, I got three. I thought you went all right. No, I I pumped for Carlton against Richmond. Okay, and I, I pumped, you went the other way. I pumped for GWS against the Doggies. Oh, okay, so I know you picked Port. So I was yes, I did because pick I picked Port. Sydney, but I picked the Dogs last week. So. Yeah, so I was up against it a bit from the from the very start. Uh, this one from Jesse. Uh, G'day, Duffman and G Train. Jeez, G Train. G Train. Firstly, love the pod, so keep up the good work. Just wanted to get your opinion on the post-goal music that seems to be a staple at some East Coast games nowadays. As a traditionalist, I personally don't like it. It sounds tacky and exhibitionist, and I would rather hear the cheering and jeering of the crowd after a goal is kicked. Ah, oh, look, it's an interesting point. I don't mind that. I don't mind a bit of bit of sound and light. Um, yeah, I must admit, I like the the roar of the crowd followed by everyone discussing how the goal happened mm. amongst themselves in the crowd. But I think if we just accept the next generation is the mobile phone generation, the social media generation, they like activity, they like stuff that keeps them engaged and they have short attention spans. So This is why the Big Bash is, is good for them. So I think uh, 
it's here and it's here to stay whether we like it or not. Mm. Interesting. David Bourne from Bentley. Hi, lads. Wanted to get your thoughts on the high contact rule. I understand the need to protect the head and neck, but is it necessary to pay a free kick if a player barely touches another player's shoulder or similar? I don't normally watch rugby, but watched a bit of the State of Origin game and noticed they only pay high contact frees or more serious hits to the head. I'm not saying the AFL needs to go to that extreme. Maybe somewhere in the middle might be a good way to stop players ducking and playing for frees. Interestingly, Duff, just some news overnight. International rugby, as in the Code of Union, has decided 12-day concussion rule going forward too. Yeah. That's just overnight. So it's an interesting point that the um, correspondent makes. Uh, it's very hard for umpires to um, judge this because players, as soon as they feel that contact, tend to um, make sure the umpire notices. There's a lot of throwing back of the head and throwing back of the upper body um, to try and accentuate the contact. But if you contact. do drop the shoulders now, you, it's, it's, you're forsaking prior, aren't you? If you try and lower yourself? Yeah. Yeah, but we still see the umps pay it. I mean, sometimes the umps spot it and sometimes they don't. Yeah. I saw the umps pay a couple of them on the weekend. Um, it's a difficult one. Difficult one for the umpires to umpire. Um, I tend to think if you don't want to risk a free kick being paid, then you've got to be very careful about how you tackle and how you bump now. Mm. Uh, Chris Walker says, he's from Perth, G'day D and Q, a real spring in the step to start the week with just a three-goal loss for the West Coast. Gee, how things have changed, celebrating a three-goal loss. Have, it was 22 points, but anyway, I won't... Uh Rain on your party. Haven't three quite, goals, wasn't it? Uh, was it exactly? I was think it was three okay. goals. Yeah. Haven't quite got it down to single figures, but encouraging step after the bye. If not for Gov's injury and Kelly as a laid out, we may have even got the W. Do you think we got a small taste of what would have been implemented earlier in the year if not for injury, COVID, etc.? Yo, as an attacking backman, Waterman a defensive type forward. I like that actually, Duff. Link up man, a la Tom Lynch at Crows in in recent years. Seems to be more a willingness to take riskier corridor options and play on with handball at free kicks or marks. Great to see Bazo debut and hold his own. Think he'll be a ripper. Yes, um, I think they went up the corridor more than they have for a considerable amount of time. They got bounce out of the back, didn't they? So we, we've talked a bit about Elliot Yo, and he was terrific and got coaches' votes, not not top votes, but he certainly got amongst the votes. Um, so he was great with his 20 disposals, and you mentioned the metres gained off his run Um and rebound from the back. But Jermaine Jones also gave them that. Probably not quite as good with ball in hand, but was able to give them some real run, carry the ball, um, break quickly, back up and get the ball back, get it inside attacking 50, give your forwards a good look. I think that was terrific. Um, You mentioned Bazo, big ask for him first up. He only had seven disposals, but there was two or three things he did, I reckon, that you go, okay, he's got AFL traits. Mm. There was a great mark he took late in the game. He went back into a pack. I think it was in the first... First or second quarter, and he took a good mark early as well. And he just looked like he was—he looked like he belonged. He looked like he belonged in those surroundings. Yeah, so that's that's all good. I think they would have always wanted to play Elliot Yo midfield if he was fit enough and covering the ground well enough. I'm not like you quarters. I, if I'm them, I want Elliot Yo back in my midfield before the end of the season, um, and I think he'll be back there now. He looks fitter, by the way. Um, they didn't like what Kane Corn said, but Elliot looks a bit trimmer oh, now that he's get, back. Just get trimmer. Um, the other one whose game I loved was Tommy Brass. It was, wasn't it? Like 10 marks, you know, a number of intercept disposals. And interesting, Gov was injured too, but there's Bazo's presence has helped him there, so interesting. 
Yeah, so he's a very good player, Tom Barras. Mm. Um, and he's really integral to their rebuild because he's the right age and they've signed him on a long-term deal. They've locked him away. He's going to be a West Coast player for life. Um, he's a strong body. He's a strong person. He's a, he's a good young lad. He's not, you know, you're straight up and down strictly within the tram line sort of person, but he's a smart person. He's a strong person. He's the sort of person that I think young players should listen to when they're, when they're talking about how to go about their footy. Mm. Um, and, of course, Willie Rioli was back. And while Willie, I think, I think they need to challenge Willie a bit and get him to do more, there were still those nice touches and nice moments um, in and around the game because Willie is back in the team. So, yeah, there's a bit to like about him. We continue to like Callum Jamison and his competitiveness mm. in the ruck, I think. Um, and just, you know, Luke Shuey's getting through games and not getting hurt. Be and five games now, I reckon. You know the other one who's having a quiet season and may quietly sneak a best and fairest is Jack Redden. Jack Redden's had another strong game on the weekend. When you go back over his numbers over the course of the season, he's having a just a nice, steady... Truckload at the contest at the weekend too. Yeah, he? he's a very strong player in and around the contest. So, yeah, there's a bit to like about them. Um, it probably shows you how far off the pace they were, given that there was so much improvement and they were still three goals shy of a team that um, basically admitted afterwards they'd gone into a very heavy training block before the game. So they were a bit flat and sluggish as well, Geelong. And we won't do our tips till Thursday, but of course Essendon here this week. Yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll, give, it, I'll give it to you now. I'm going to tip West Coast in that game. I think that West Coast needs to give its fans a couple of wins between now and the end of the season. Essendon is 16th. Yeah, on paper. You're playing them here. I haven't made my mind up on that game yet. I'm... I'm going to go for West Coast. I think this is a game West Coast has to go, you know what, we need, we absolutely need to win this. Mm. This needs to be their final for 2022, this one. Might see some scarf waving if they win it, perhaps, stuff. Yes. Um, from Christian Wise. G'day, lads. Love your work. Just a little bit on the Dugowie situation. I believe he hasn't broken any rules, but his actions, although they don't look good, the woman has spoken out and said there is nothing to see here. Personally, I believe for someone chasing a six-year deal worth a million a season, this is completely outrageous. List the 10 best players in the AFL at the moment. They simply wouldn't make those decisions. Not just the inappropriate behaviour, but the fact he went to Bali in the first place. If I was the captain of this football club, I would be very disappointed. And the um, email goes on a bit. But we get your point. I tend to agree. I just think he hasn't broken any laws, but it's just not a good look. And if you're a professional athlete and it's the buy and you have teams up and about and you're flying, I don't see why you would do anything to compromise that. And I think he has. Yeah, no, I just come back to the point was I think Jordan Degoe will be punished by the AFL system but it will be the list managers that punish him it won't be the football managers or the CEOs or the coaches yeah he he's just cost himself two million dollars on the next deal and he deserves all of that punishment because clearly he's not very clever and clearly he doesn't learn very quickly and another one from Nick Thompson um, long time listener and emailer please keep up the good work surely Jordan Degoe must be out of Collingwood and the only place for him would be GWS in a very dangerous forward line alongside Toby Green. Dugowie could do with a lower profile existence that has helped the likes of Plugger, Barry Hall and Buddy with us here in the Harbour City. So um, Nick is from Sydney. Thoughts? Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I um, think he's going to St Kilda or North if he's going anywhere. St Kilda seems to be the front runner. Yeah. If you're North Melbourne and you're a North Melbourne supporter and they're going to take a risk on Jordan Dugowie, let's say they're going to give him the five years and the $800,000. How are you feeling about it? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, mate. It's it's. I'm not paying him overs. And how are you he feeling? He doesn't deserve overs. And how are you feeling about it if it blows up in your face? That's yep. the other thing. Yep. Uh, this one from Zach. Hi, gents. Frio-based listener for a few years now. The pot is great. It makes the non-work-from-home commute to the office a little less pointless. No problem, Zach. Question. When coaches talk about getting the rotations right on game day, what are they talking about? And what should we as spectators be looking for in the play? Um, well, rotations means interchange, interchange rotations. Well, is not just that. Us, but 75, are we back down to 75, aren't we now? Yeah, it's, it's not just that. It's rotating through your midfield, yeah. rotating around stoppages, making sure you've got the mix in there right, making sure that when your backup Ruckman is in there, um, he's not. it's not Nick Natnui rucking against Oscar Allen. If you like, you know, that your gun is in there when their gun is in there. Rotating yourself off after every goal, which is my greatest bugbear. I hate that. Doesn't it's okay. Why? Everyone hates it. But why universally? But why do they do it? Yeah. Because they're due to come off. And also because What after every goal? Well, when do you rotate? You rotate when there's a stoppage in play. When is there a stoppage in play after every goal? Because they're due to come off though. Why? If you're in form... Because the strength and conditioning coach says he's due to come Yeah, on. right, okay, good. Uh, Chris Humphrey. Hi, fellas. How are you both? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. I'd like to talk about the Eagles and their ruck issue. If Luke Jackson is to go to Frio, or I think you've just... There's some redness about Duff's face at the moment, which is more likely than going to West Coast, what do you think of the Eagles trying to get Lloyd Meek from Frio? Wouldn't cost us much, maybe a third round pick, and then we can still have a crack at Jackson Broadbent in this year's draft. Would love to hear your opinion. That's a really good email, actually. I think any, if he was available, any club should go for Lloyd Meek. He's yeah, a terrific and, footballer. And I think if West Coast is chasing a ruckman, he, you could do spe- a lot worse. The spend on Lloyd Meek makes a lot more sense for them yeah. in terms of what else they can do elsewhere than spending on Luke Jackson or even Tim English, yeah. for that matter. I, I think there are other more. It's great to have a great Ruckman quarters, but there are other more important positions on the ground. Let's not forget that Richmond won three flags and the best Ruckman they had was Toby Nankervis, mm. who's a good Ruckman, but he's probably the sort of Ruckman that Lloyd Meek would end up being if he was allowed to lead the Ruck at a team for two or three years. So there are other, there are other things that are more important. Well, it's interesting. If you look at the dynasties in recent times, you look at um, Hawthorne, for example, great player, big boy, but... Couldn't really jump. Didn't have a prodigious jump on him. Um, Segler. The, the great, yeah, Segler. Um, you look at um, Brisbane. Uh, did they have a great ruckman? Uh, Clark Keating, Mr. Great, September. Very, very reg, um, consistent performer. But you wouldn't have him in your greatest ruckman of all Bo time, McDonald, would you? Yeah. Jamie Charman. Great, all great players, but they're not in your standouts, are they, of great ruckman you've seen in the last 20, 30 years? No, correct. So really interesting point you raise. I, th- I think, look, it's great to have a great ruckman. I mean, West Coast West Coast have had Nick Natanui. He's been a really important player to them. But he wasn't there when they won the 2018 flag. Uh, he was injured, did his knee in the middle of the year. Their two ruckmen in that flag were Scott Lysett and Nathan Vardy. Mm. So, you know, um, who rucked for the Bulldogs in 2016? It was basically probably uh, Jordan Ruffhead and Tom Boyd. Mm. Best game of football Tom Boyd played. The then the, the the flip side of that is Max Gorn and Luke Jackson mm. for Melbourne in 2021. You know, two very good ruckmen, and um, and what they were able to do in and around centre square stoppage was a key to the outcome against a very good ruckman in Tim English. 
Yeah, but still developing his craft at stoppage at that point. I yeah. think Tim was more. Tim's become a very good this a, year around the he? ground ruckman yeah. this year. But he was he was more what he could do in general play than what he could do at stoppage last year. Uh, from Tim Maverick from Armadale, uh, Duffin Quarters would love your opinion on the Fremantle Richmond game on a Friday night in July. That is scheduled at Marvel, not the MCG. Would the game not be better suited for a big stadium, considering the ladder at the moment? Isn't that what a floating fixture is about? I had a chamomile tea before writing this, but the AFL owns Marvel. They can change the venue if they were wanting the game to be enticing to crowds and TV viewers. Well, I think Richmond would certainly like the game moved. They don't like going to Marvel. I and think Fremantle would be happy to have it at, at, the, at Marvel. Yeah, they would, given... Richmond, it's a four-goal head start when they play at the G. But wouldn't it be better for Freo to chase big games at the G? Don't you want to play at the G more? If I'm Fremantle, I want the four points. I want to play where I'm my best chance to get the four points. That's at Marvel Stadium. So that's round 19. They've got um, Melbourne at home in round 20. So those four, those last fixtures are going to be released this week, if not today, Duff. So having said that, if I'm Fremantle and I win every game between now and that Richmond clash and I'm locked inside the top four then, yeah, I'd, I'd like to go to the MCG. And, and you'd like game. to see perhaps that round 20 Frio Melbourne game on a, on a premier uh, time slot, wouldn't you? You always back self-interest quarters. You know why? Because you know it's trying. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> it doesn't always try with me, mate, to be <laughs> honest. But um, Hi, Duffin Quarters. As an Eagle supporter who attended their very first game and has been with them ever since, well done. This season has been a painful experience. However, Saturday's game was the first time I've managed to watch a game in its entirety. It seems so simple, but if they replicate that work rate and intensity for four quarters through the rest of the season, combined with a much more exciting play-on-quickly style, most supporters would be happy with that. We'll concede some goals by playing through the corridor, but we'll score our share as well. The Eagles have set the minimum standard, now they have to maintain it. Oh, and he might have slipped under the radar, but Brady Huff is quietly compiling a solid AFL season. He's growing in confidence by the week. I'd be interested in your thoughts. I was a bit critical of Brady at the start of the year, but yeah, I think he's progressed nicely. And I reckon that's a great email, that one. What they've done on the weekend is they've laid down a marker and they've gone, you know, we can do this with what we've got. So therefore, that should be done every week. That level of effort, that level of endeavour to play on, to take the game on, to test the opposition defence, to test their defensive mechanisms. All those things should be there every week from now until the end of the season. If they do that, whether West Coast wins zero games, one game or four games between now and the end of the season, I reckon their fans will take that away and go, yep, we'll be back next year. If they turn up and get beaten seven times in a row by 50 points like happened in the first half of the year, I reckon they'll lose fans. So they had to be better over the second half of the year, and what we saw on the weekend was the first sign that they're going to be better. I'll finish with this one, Duff, because I really like it. This is from Andrew from Karen Up. Hi, Duff and Quarters. Great articles, Duff, this week about the Eagles' season of 92. Although when mentioning we were soundly beaten by the Saints at Waverley, you missed an opportunity to pay tribute to the amazing Winmar on his well-deserved entry to the Hall of Fame. 
I think we did talk about that on Thursday, uh, in fairness. I was at the game, and from the moment I stepped off the bus in the Waverley car park into ankle-deep water and took my place on the sodden bench in the outer, I thought we were in trouble. <laughs> Could be a bit like that, Waverley, couldn't it? Uh, glad I took that newspaper to sit on and wore every piece of clothing I had in Melbourne. So cold, I kept my beer in my coat pocket so my lips didn't stick to the can. I remember that. Uh, great memories, hey, quarters. Yes, they were. Uh, thankfully, despite a sodden ground, the weather was dry in the first half and it was fairly even. But at half time, it hailed on the poor little leaguers who sprinted for the change rooms. Then it poured with rain for about 10 minutes, then stopped. Ah, that's Melbourne for you. Uh, the players came out from the half time break running into a muddy lake and the sky was clear again. So weird. The Eagles players were gobsmacked. You could see them looking around thinking, what the hell happened? The only bloke who could pick the ball up was Nicky Winmar, who proceeded to play the best half of one touch, wet weather footy I have ever seen. He was absolutely unbelievable, and we genuinely felt honoured to see his genius up close. Uh, what are your best memories of him, and who would you take as number one, Winmar or Peter Matera? Wow, that's a... Oh. It's a big question, isn't it? Well, both good upper great southern lads too. By both the way. played well in the wet too. Matera was pretty good in the wet. So Nicky was from Pingley, mm. um, so actually played juniors against Nicky and played in upper great southern Colts teams with him, and got bruised sternums from. I used to play at full forward and he used to play at half forward. And uh, the one thing I share with Tony Lockett, and there's only one thing, mm-hmm. is that we've both had Nicky Winmar kick the ball to us mm. in a game of footy, and it was an absolute joy. Peter was from. Wagen, obviously. I would probably say Peter just. Um, not many people kick five off a wing in a grand final. In fact, I think there's one in history, Peter Matera. It would be just. I'd agree with you, actually. But it's a, geez, a I'd have to think about that for a while. Yeah, Nicky's very, very good player. Mm. Very good player. And um, the thing I remember about that game at Waverley, when the Saints rolled over the top of them, was Robert Harvey, actually, more than Nicky Winmar. He loved the wet weather, didn't he, Robert yeah, Harvey? But I'd have loved to... any conditions, by the way, but particularly the wet. I'll go back and look at the stats and see if the, the stats bear out what the correspondent was saying. He was a good driver in heavy traffic. Yes. Like Gary is. Very good. Yes. Very good. Thank you for the emails. Uh, please send them to this address. Send your mail to Duff and Quarters at wanews.com.au. Thank you very much for joining us today. We'll be back on Thursday to run the ruler over the round and uh, try and tip your winner for round 15 in the AFL. We've been brought to you by TabTouch. Those with the touch, you can better your bet. Download the TabTouch app today. Please gamble responsibly. Please call 1-800-858-858. Gamblers help if you run into any difficulties. Quarters, thank you for joining me. Uh, We'll see you again on Thursday, and hopefully we'll talk to you out there, all of you out there in podcast land on Thursday as well. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at duffandquarters at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and of course, tell your mates. Thanks for listening. This has been the Duff and Quarters podcast on the game. You know who? It's unbelievable.